0: Hey, church. What's up, church? Let's give the Lord a hand. How's everybody doing? Can I have everybody stand up? We want to say hello to the campuses. Uh, I'm Pastor Miles. If you're new, I've been going on vacation. I'm back and uh, excited to be back. Amen. Uh, I want to welcome everybody and say hello to everybody on all our campuses. Um, I've been gone, I think, five weeks or so. And did you guys enjoy the At the Movie series? Amen. Uh, and we want to give a shout out to all the, the, the staff that did a great job over the last month and, the, and just pass when you and worship when you. Uh, whenever I uh, go on vacation and I'm gone for an extended period of time, I get rusty. Uh, for real, and, and whenever the first service I come back, I'm nervous. Because um, I'm not, And this is um, no joke, I'm nervous because I'm not in the flow and I, don't, I feel a uncomfortable. Um, uh, but today is a little different because my heart is very heavy uh, for what I'm going to talk about and what's happening in the world. And, and it's amazing how God um, plans a sermon series and the events of culture to, to intersect. And um, we want to uh, keep in prayer the people in uh, Texas and Ohio for the shootings, um, which we want to pray for in a minute. All the families, I was getting calls from people in El Paso saying there's no one on the street, the people are in their houses scared, um, not going to church. And, and um, we have a situation in our country that's very real, it's more real to some people than others. And so I want to talk about that. And, and I was, God has been preparing my heart for a month, because I have been gone for a month. And he has been preparing my heart for a month to speak to it. Um, but I don't want to get into that. I will save that for my intro. But I, I just want to pray because I, we need the spirit of God. You don't need me. You, you, you don't need to come here, What's Pastor Miles saying. I, and, and I got to go to church to get a word. I, 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 my, my heart is broke that you would seek God. And just stop playing church. And, I'm not, and, and when I get into these sermons, sometimes I feel like I'm yelling at you. I'm just yelling. <laughs> so if, if it doesn't apply to you, just woo, just let it go by. <laughs> Send it to somebody else. But if it applies to you, please take it. Please take it. Because something's happening right before your eyes that we need to see and engage in and not just go to church and act like, well, that's their problem. It's our problem. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to our church and all the campuses and all the people watching online. I know your heart breaks. So I pray that you would communicate through me what you want to communicate that I would get out of the way. And I thank you so much for just being my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Give someone a hug so I can wipe my eyes again. (laughs) Amen. If you are new and you do not know I wrote a book on racism called The Third Option, I encourage you to get this book. Um, it's on Amazon, it's in the bookstore. Get this book. Get this book. This was the scariest thing I ever did in my life was write this book. And God delivered, so uh, get this book. Um, let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say Word. Turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. We are uh, reading through the Bible, and we're going through the prophets. We're starting the second half of Isaiah today, of uh, uh, this week. Isaiah chapter six. I was um, on my vacation. I got to travel a few places, go back to New York, and see some family. I got to meet my grandmother's sisters that I never knew she had. Um, two months ago, I realized my grandmother had seven siblings we never, never knew about and got to see them and go other places. And Throughout my travels, I was watching the news every day and watching all the rhetoric on television. The rhetoric coming from Washington D.C., stuff the president was saying, stuff the people were saying against the president and the us versus them spirit in our country. And there was a rally where they were shouting, send her back, send her back. And on that day, I as a black man in the United States of America was full of fear. I was scared. And I was watching the media and all every day all the people arguing about what's right, what's offensive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was praying and wondering what you were thinking. My church. I know there's people here on both sides of the political fence, and, 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 and on all, there's always an us versus them in many areas of life, and there's people on both sides in our church. But I was praying, God, what is, what is my church thinking? What do I say to them? Because in a culture, when you, when you pick a side against another side, you become an activist. You say, I'm gonna promote this side. Or I'm going to promote this side, you become an activist. God has not called us to be activists. It doesn't mean we don't get involved in politics. It doesn't mean we don't get involved in, you know, social justice, et cetera. But God has called us to something higher. It's called being a prophet. And being a prophet means that we don't say stuff and represent things that are, are divisive and that pit my world against your world. Because we don't have a world other than the kingdom of God. And when you hear things that say it's about us versus them, whoever says it, you have to understand who you are. Now, if you're not a believer and you don't believe in Jesus, I'm not talking to you. This is your kingdom. But if you are a believer in Christ and you belong to Christ and you are a citizen of heaven, God has called you to promote the kingdom of God and be a prophetic voice to to this world that say, thus saith the Lord on your life. So I want to talk over the next four weeks, starting today, what it means to be a prophet. And what I mean by that is that you have a prophetic, you are living a prophetic life. There is a thus saith the Lord to your life, to your actions, to your words, to your perspective. Because if you don't have that, what are you? One of the reasons the church is so irrelevant, legitimately so, and despised legitimately so, is because we've fallen into it. Some of us are more politically loyal than biblically loyal. We will fight for our Republican or Democratic or anti-gay, pro-gay or whatever it is position and not the Bible. And we're fighting for things in the world and God says that's not what I've called you to fight for. I've called you to represent me. So where is my voice? If I can't speak through you, then who am I going to speak through? And so I want to talk about what it means to be a prophet. If you look in your notes, it's a very simple definition. I, I've been wrestling with this for, for a while. It says a prophet, or the prophet, a mouthpiece, or Nabi, which is the Hebrew word, of three things: a word, and we'll say a word. And we're going to talk about what it means, what a word means. A word that becomes a thing, say becomes a thing, becomes a thing that expands the kingdom of God. say expands the kingdom of God. Every single one of you. God wants to give you a word. He wants to speak something through you that He turns into something that expands His kingdom. He is not interested in your kingdom. He's not interested in this kingdom. He's interested in His kingdom. He doesn't improve man's kingdom, He establishes and expands His kingdom. So He wants to give you a word. I want to read a verse, uh, John chapter 10, verse 25, it says, Jesus said, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My main point of this is not even that, but I just want to stop right there. Jesus said, the stuff I do, you don't even believe. You know, I I talk to people who don't believe in miracles. Jesus said, you know why you don't believe me? Because you're not of me. You don't believe in miracles because you're not of me. But then he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Do you hear God's voice? This is, what, this, is all, this is all being a prophet. Does God speak to you? Does God tell you about who to marry, who not to marry? Does God tell you where to serve in the church? Does God tell you how often to go to church? Does God tell you how to worship? Does God tell you who to forgive, who to love? Does God tell you? Here's how you should interpret what's going on in the world. Or do you get all your data from television and gossip and online? This is, this is the difference. People who walk with God, not go to church. People who walk with God and pursue the heart of God, he will whisper secrets because you're his friend, John says. Jesus says in John. He wants to speak to you about your life and his kingdom. And your response to what's going on in the world in every era of your life. And so the question is, does God, do you want God to speak to you? Do you hear his small, still voice? Is he directing your life? If you got drama in your life and you're lost, it may be that he's not speaking to you. Now, I'm not saying if he speaks to you, you're not going to have drama. But what I'm saying, if you have drama, you won't be lost. <laughs> yeah. He will be guiding you through your drama. Now, in the Old Testament, we're talking about Old Testament prophet. In the Old Testament, this is so, so fascinating to me. In the Old Testament, God would pick men and women, by the way, prophets can be men and women. He would pick men and women, and we'll see next week characteristics of a prophet, and they, and they apply to you and I as well today. He, was, he would speak to the whole nation of Israel through one person. And he would pick a prophet and say, I'm going to put my words in your mouth. I'm going to put my words in your mouth. And all of Israel would say, tell us what God said, Old Testament. And every time you read, as you're reading through the Old Testament, you're going to hear them say, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. And these prophets are speaking to kings, they're speaking to judges, they're speaking to the community, they're speaking to the nation of Israel, and they're speaking to common people. But they represented God's voice to the people. The people didn't have a relationship with God. They had to go to the prophet. New Testament says, guess what? I want to pour my spirit out on all 'all. (laughs) y'all. Listen, I want to pour my spirit out on y'all. I want to speak to you, 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 you. Now, raise your hand if you would love God to speak to you. Guess what, God is speaking to you. <laughs> he's speaking to you. A lot of times he's told you stuff and you didn't even know it was God. You thought it was a coincidence. Deja vu. Oh, it's a divine appointment. Oh, you won't believe what happened. Yes, I would because that's how God works. And so the question is, do you, are you living in the Old Testament where you're going to say, I got to go to church to hear the pastor to see what God says. No, no, no. Get your butt out of bed when it's still dark. When it's quiet, don't turn your electronics on. And listen. Don't get your cues from social media. Don't get your cues from CNN or Fox or MSNBC. Get your cues from the spirit of God. This is what God is looking for. Everything else is just religion and games. Do you want to know? Look what it says in Acts chapter I'm just going to read it to you. I don't know if you Acts chapter two, verse sixteen. By this was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Prophesy. They will just declare a revelation that God has given them. It is not the privilege of the few. Yes, there are some people who have the gift of prophecy. There are some people who have an office of of the prophetic. In other words, some people have the gift of prophecy. They are just specially ordained to do it. Yes. Then there are people who have a ministry of prophecy. They raise up prophets and organize. But then there are the rest of us who God just wants to whisper his secrets into your ear. About your life and what he wants you to say to people, and what he wants you to, how he wants you to encourage people, and the vision he wants you to give, and how he wants you to respond to what's happening in your life. Similar example I am an evangelist. I have a gift of evangelism. What does that mean? That a high percentage of the people I talk to about Christ get saved. That's a gift of evangelism. And then there's an office of evangelism where you train evangelists. And I believe I have that as well. But then there is the responsibility of everybody to share their faith. Those are three different things. So we talk about prophecy. You don't have to walk around going, I got to, you know, have a big stick. And I'm going to wear a leather belt and, a, and, and camels here. Those say the Lord and stand on the corner. I'm not talking about that at all. All I'm talking about is that God would give you a word. that becomes a thing that expands the kingdom of God. Turn to the end of your lesson plan. Here's my challenge to you for this series. I've always said when you come to church that you come to church with the desire and openness to be challenged and stretched. And that if you could establish a discipline that before you walk in, before you get out of the car, before you get up, you say, Lord, just you, God, challenge me today. So my challenge to you for this whole series is that you would fill in the end of this lesson plan and establish a habit of acknowledging that God has said something to you. Because if you are walking around and God is not speaking to you or you are not living according to the guidelines and parameters of his word, not being led by the spirit, then what is it all about? And that you would fill this out. Very simply, I want to talk about what all this is but I want to give you the beginning before the end. I mean the end before the beginning. One, a word. That God would give you a word or a revelation that God has given me is. That you would write down something that God said to you. God told me to ask that girl on a date. Okay. God told me to tell her she's supposed to be my wife. Be careful. <laughs> be careful. God told me to apply for that job. God told me to ask that person to be in discipleship. Number two, that that word has become something. We're going to talk about what that means. But I want you to be thinking, what does that word become? In other words, when God speaks something, he brings it to fruition. And number three, that that thing has expanded the kingdom of God by. In other words, God has told you something, he's done something in your life. And as a result of what he's done, the kingdom of God, not your kingdom, the kingdom of God has been expanded. This is a different mindset because often we live our life like Lord, it's all about me. It's all about my world, my kingdom, my bank account, my well-being. And Instead of saying Lord, it's about your kingdom and your purpose and you being glorified. Can I get an amen? Are you following what I'm saying? It's just not about me. It's a total reversal. The world is all about us. The world is all about self. And God is all about him. And so as, you, as I'm talking, I want you to be thinking, does God speak to me? What does God's voice sound like? This is what you have to ask yourself. So, number one of your notes, look at number one of your notes. It is number one, a word is a spontaneous revelation from God, such as a declaration, a vision, an image, an idea, an insight. What does this mean? Is that when you, someone teaches the Bible, they're just saying, here's what the Bible says. In other words, God loves the world. Okay, that means God died. He loved the world so much and he had so much uh, compassion for the world that he gave his life and died for them. Okay, I can tell you. You can study the Bible and learn what it means from a very teaching way and not even have God. It's just this is what it means. But then there is a revelation, which is a prophetic idea, is that God gives you a revelation about something. How does it apply to you? How is your circumstance? What what idea has God given you that keeps coming back to you as a as a voice in your head, or an idea, or an impression, or a desire, or just it's just something you know? How many of y'all met somebody and you 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 dated them or whatever, and you or or and by the way, you just knew that they were going to be your friend. You just knew you were going to marry them, or you just knew you were going to avoid them for the rest of your life. Can I get amen? Anybody? Amen. It was just something that you knew. So God could speak to you that way. He could just say, this is what I want to do. Perfect example. 20-something years ago, I was a youth pastor. And God was saying, one day you're going to be a pastor. I was like, all right. All right. I wasn't, it, wasn't, it was way out there to me. And I had no idea about the idea of prophetic and this whole concept I'm talking about. And, and he said, you're going to have a church and it's going to be right here in Point Loma on this property where we are sitting right now. And I would drive past it and he would say, look right. And I would look at this property. And I would drive all around San Diego and he would say, no, 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 not there. I would drive another part of San Diego. No, no. He was, he was speaking to me. A word. God is speaking to you right now. About where you live, where you, where you work. There's something unsettled potentially in a relationship where you just go, eh. He's speaking to you. He's not going to yell at you like I'm yelling at you because he's a whole lot better than me. He's just, you know what I'm saying? I'm from New York, so I just got a whole different way of rolling like that. He's just, he's just going to go, hey, um, this is how it works. This is how it works. For the most part, it's my experience. He goes, um, hey, um, uh, get out of that relationship. When you wake up in the morning, why are you in that bed? You're not married to him. You're at the wrong job. Why are you wearing those clothes? Why are you smoking that? He's so cool, he's so gentle and he's so consistent. I met my wife in 1980. Four years later, I, gave my life to Christ, I recommitted my life to Christ. For four years God said, um, when you're ready, that's your wife. When you're ready. When you're ready, I'll get you off drugs. When you're ready. When you're ready, I'll get you off drugs and you'll marry her and have a family. Four years, just just about every day. He's saying stuff to you and you know what you're doing? You're ignoring him. And then you're complaining that he's not answering your prayer. And then you're blaming the church because the church is not preaching the sermon that you want to hear because you ain't listening to God. (laughs) He's telling you... Are you in a D group? Are you in an R group? Do you give? Do you serve? So, what do you do? This is God speaking to you. And every time we mention some of these things, a little uh, in your heart goes and you just kind of ignore it because you're so used to it because you're numb to the darkness. Because you become so accustomed to the darkness. He's given you a word, and He wants that word to become something. It says says in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, Isaiah has a vision of the temple. This is so amazing. Verse 8, one of the seraphim, one of the angels flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity, your sin is taken away and your sin is purged. I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. And he said, go tell this people, keep hearing and do not understand, keep seeing, and, and, but do not perceive. Isaiah 51, 16. Now let me just read it to you. He says, I have put my words in your mouth. I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. God wants to put a, his word in your mouth. He wants you to speak grace to people in your life. This is a the life of our prophet imagine if every day you got up and said god speak to me direct me show me what you want me to say show me what you want me to do and show me what how you want me to suffer i would challenge all of you to go to a walmart and tell somebody at walmart you're praying for them tell somebody at walmart you believe in them I would challenge some of you to go to people who don't look like you and say, we are one. And you are welcome in this country. There's a lot of my white pastor friends out there. And I'm going to speak directly to you. That there are people of color in your church that wonder, do you care? Because you say nothing about the pain and the fear of the people in your church. Start by saying you care. And that you acknowledge it. Silence says a whole lot. And us as the church, we have us and them in church. We come here on our side of different arguments. And God says, I want to raise you all above that. And I want you to be united as the kingdom of God. And I want to give all of you a word, a vision. I want you to have a habit of listening to me, following me. And not doing what is convenient to you, even if it hurts you. Oh, here's the people, I'm not coming to rock no more. May God send 10 more people that are ready to follow and be a prophetic voice. Number two in your notes. The word becomes a thing. This is the difference between a word of man and a word of God. When God speaks something, he does it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it says, God said, Let there be light. And guess what happened? There was, guess what? When God speaks, this is so important. When God was telling me, and by the way, I wasn't privy to this back then, but He was saying, You're going to have a church here. You're going to have a church in this location. You're going to have a church. And I was like, I couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't get it out of my heart. I couldn't get it out of my ideas. I couldn't, I was preoccupied. And I'm like, How? How? The military owned this property. I said, God, how are you going to do that? He goes, I know people. <laughs> the military shut down this whole base and they gave it to the city for $1. And then I got a call from my pastor, Mike McIntosh, and said, hey, look, uh, actually, I, I had a meeting with him. It was a one year after we started this church. We had a meeting to have lunch. And during that lunch, he says, hey, you know, there's a building, this building over in Point Loma. And, they, and they, someone called me to put a church there. And I don't want it. I was like, He said, oh, it's over in Point Loma, it's a bad location. I was like, it's a really bad location. It's like over in the corner, no one's going to go there. I'm with you. Uh, Can I have a number of the brother that calls you? You think I said, oh, snap. God. God. And, and, And in the process, had people in Positions of power and influence say a church will never be in that building. God. So when God speaks something to you. When God, God says, if I said it and you walk by faith, ain't nobody can get in your way. So, so think about this. You, you want a career. Who should you go ask what your career is? God. You want a mate. Who should you ask who your mate should be? God, you want forgiveness and healing in a relationship. Who should you go ask but if you don't know his voice? If all you know is technique and a few verses here and there and don't know how to hear God in those verses, you just walk around blind. You have to have, you have, to have this propheticness on your life. Does it make you a prophet? No, it makes you a Christian. It makes you a Christian. God sent them. And so, so he's going to bring it to fruition. Look what it says. I'm going to read this. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Jeremiah says, The word of the Lord came to me. Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. You'll read this in a couple of weeks. And then it says, The Lord said to me, You have seen well. And then he says, For I am ready to perform it. What does that mean? That when God whispers something to you, He is ready to perform it. It may be in a week. It may be in five years. But you hold it. This is, this is living a prophetic life. It's not I go to church and I hear something encouraging and then go about my life. No, I am listening moment by moment. I was in airport in Miami five days ago or so when I was the flight attendant who was behind the desk doing the ticket thing. Was getting yelled at by two parents because they weren't sitting with their child. And the lady behind the desk was like, I didn't do the ticket. I can't change the ticket. The plane is full. And they were just yelling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I was sitting there going, Okay, God, what do you want me to say? Is there a verse in the Bible that it applies to this situation? I mean, there, there could be a verse in the Bible, but there's no verse in the Bible that says, When you are with the flight attendant and she's getting yelled at by somebody, here's what you do. There's no verse in the Bible that says that. So I'm like, Lord, I need you to speak to me. He says, I want you to tell her I love her and she's doing a great job. And tell her I see her. And so they're yelling, 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 yelling. And they walk away and she's flustered. And then she looks at me and says, yes, can I help you? And I I just lean forward and almost whispered. I said, you know what? You're doing a great job. And God loves you so much. And he sees you. Now, that was a word. It became a thing. It became hope in her heart. It became, she, she went, thank you, praise the Lord. I, I receive it. And all of a sudden, all Jesus started coming out of her. Are you following what I'm saying? It's a word. It's a word. God wants to do something with that word. And that something is to build the kingdom of God. Not your kingdom. By the way, if you're in the kingdom of God, you are blessed. You can have more riches, more joy, more more happiness than when you're in the kingdom. So if you think, well, it's not, it's building God's kingdom. You don't want your kingdom over God's kingdom. So you want to build God's kingdom. Just know that you're never going to be better off in your kingdom than God's kingdom. So if you say, well, I don't want to build God's kingdom. I want to build my. No, no, no. You want to build God's kingdom. There's one thing I seek and that I will, one thing I desire and that I will seek to be in the house of the Lord and to behold the beauty of his presence. So look what it says in number three. Number three, the kingdom of God, remember, remember God gives you a word that becomes a thing that expands the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the thing that becomes, that the word becomes doesn't improve the kingdom of man, but it expands the kingdom of God. Man, that's too much for me. That's too much for me. Ah, I I don't know what that means. That's why we need to learn. Because this is how we need to live. We need to be living to expand the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. Sometimes we are so preoccupied in expanding our financial kingdom, our political kingdom, our social kingdom. And God said, that's your problem. I didn't come to do that. I'm speaking to you about something totally different and you're not hearing me. The church is supposed to be the light of the world. And the light is not making man's light better, it's shining God's light. And God's light comes through his work. My prayer is that you would say, Lord, I I want to hear your voice. I want to be a prophetic person. I want to walk and be led by the spirit of God and have spontaneous revelation about what he wants me to represent. How he wants me to suffer, how he, he wants me to communicate the disposition the attitude he wants me to have as this world which is very dark very divisive that I'm not going to get caught up I'm not going to get pulled down into the us versus themness I want to get rise up to be a prophetic light and voice in our nation in my city in my house because you know what you know what's being said behind closed doors in your house you know what you say about those people Whoever those people are to you. And I'm talking to everybody in this room. And you know, hopefully, as it's happening, my prayer that the Holy Spirit would say. Shut your mouth. That's me. Be quiet. That's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Isaiah 61. This is Isaiah... Speaking a word that Jesus ended up speaking, and he spoke this word that became a thing, and it became the salvation of the Lord. By the way, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah has 66 chapters. The first 39, just like the, is all about judgment. The old testament is 39 chapters about judgment. The second 27 chapters are about grace and salvation. And just like the new testament has 27 chapters, his the book of Isaiah is a miniature Bible, has the same structure of the whole Bible. And his name means salvation of the Lord. So here's what he's predicting. At the end of Isaiah he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Through us he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord then the day of vengeance on our God. To comfort all who mourn. Say comfort. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, oil for joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. You know what Isaiah is saying? He's like, "There's going to be a Messiah." Guess what he's going to do? He's going to bring peace. And guess what he's going to do? He is going to speak into existence his people that are going to bring peace. So where are they? I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, I pray that we would be a church and a people that hunger to hear your voice. That hunger to receive a message, an insight, an image, an idea, a vision from heaven. That we would walk in your presence day and night. Some of this is probably so foreign to people, like so disconnected from your voice. But Holy Spirit, I pray you stir their hearts that they would want to walk in your presence. And they would want to bring light into the dark world in which we live. And that you would open our eyes up to the us versus them culture within which we live. And that we need to stand up as a church. And speak hope, love and joy and unity to people, comfort to people, and not worry about does it make me look like I'm on their side or their side. That it makes us represent your side, your heart, your passion, the purpose for which you died and rose from the dead. I just want to do a very simple altar call and, and, and... There are some of you in your seat that you're like, I want God. I want more. And thinking that is one thing, acting on that is another. I'm going to ask you in a minute just to come forward, just get out of your seat and come forward in all the campuses so we can pray for you. You may want God because you want to be saved. You, you know it. And you may want God because, you know, I, I want to hear God. I want to, I want to live a prophetic life. I don't want to live the status quo. So I want to, I'm just going to pray for you then I'm going to ask you to come forward. Just pray this prayer with me in your heart. Say prayer, dear God, I, I want more. I want to hear your voice. I want to be led by the Spirit. I want you to speak to me a word that becomes a thing, that expands your kingdom, that brings life to my family, life to my job, that gives me a heart to bear burdens of other people. Thank you, God. As the eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I'm going to ask you to stand up and my prayer is that please don't make this another Sunday. Please make this a turning point in your life where you step out of your Box, your comfort zone, your routine. Holy Spirit, please speak to people. Please let them trust you. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer for whatever reason, just stand to your feet. One, two, three, stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.